Oh yeah, baby. It's Funky Monkey Friday. It is Funky Monkey Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the world's best official, unofficial Garfield-based economics and politics podcast. I am your host. Man, I am I'm watching a video of a monkey right now. This is a chimp, I suppose, on a bicycle in 1948. It's in black and white. He's riding around in the street like a little man. He's even got like a little suit, like a little clothes. God, I love Funky Monkey Friday. Have you seen that video, the the Funky Monkey Friday video? Have you seen this meme? Have you heard about this? It's good. I love it. I, I love Funky Monkey Friday. I've always been a big fan of apes and simians. Always. Anyways, on this very special Funky Monkey Friday, I have a very special Garfield issue for you. The comic, as always, is Garfield by Jim Davis. Uh, the date of the comic is November 13th, 2020. This is a Friday the 13th date, but I don't really care about that. I mostly care about Funky Monkey Friday. Uh, we've got a three panel here. In the first panel, we've got Liz and John, and Liz is saying, what's that on your head? And John, he's got like this kind of like swoopy, greaser, like hairstyle. And he says, a toupee. In the middle panel, she, Liz says, but you have a he full head of hair. And John says, I'm wearing it for fun. And in the third panel, John, he's turned to Garfield. Garfield also has like a big swoopy, uh, greaser-esque uh, toupee on. And John says, Liz has no sense of fun. And Garfield's thinking, women. So <laughs> it, this is pretty funny. This is pretty funny to me because, you know, there are people out there who have no sense of fun. No sense of imagination. No sense of uh, role play or creativity or, you know, fun. And speaking of things that are fun in the economic space, because this is an economics podcast. I guess this would be more political than economics, but as I've explained before, the two are the same. You can't separate economics from politics. It's impossible. They're intertwined. You can't separate the wealth and resources of a region from the governance of the region. You cannot separate the careful management of available resources from a body or a humane dis or a um, what do you call it a human decision to allocate those resources or manage them you cannot separate that from politics i'll say that but anyways there are people that have no sense of fun and therefore do not understand the brilliance of Funky Monkey Friday and everything that that entails. Funky Monkey Friday is very special. It's fun. In some ways, it makes us want to, dare I say, return to monkey. And when I say return to monkey, I'm of course talking about everybody's favorite fun political and economic ideology, 
Anarcho-primitivism. Let's give it up for anarcho-primitivism. Give, give it a round of applause. Everybody loves it. Because at the end of the day, we all want to return to monkey. How many times do we go on Instagram and we see some kind of uh, person who doesn't look like they really have to do hard work a day in their life say that, oh, I just want to run off into the woods and live off the grid. Don't we all, folks? Don't we all just want to do that? Don't we all just want to rip off our clothes, run out of the house, throw all our money away, destroy our glasses, and return to monkey and live in the trees? I know sometimes I do. And so I wanted to talk about that because that gets into an interesting question. So when we talk about primitivism in a modern context, of course, we can make all the memes. We can uh, conjure up uh, memes about Uncle Ted, the, Uma, the Unabomber, right? I mean, you know, we can go through Ted Kaczynski's uh, manifesto. But to be honest, uh, he did. Ted Kaczynski did not invent the ideology of anarcho-primitivism. Now, he stumbled upon it in his own way due to uh, mind-melding CIA experiments that were done on him without his knowledge. But he fell into it because it's a fun ideology. And it's fun in a meme sense, but in a real sense, it can get very, very real and very, very kind of uh, depressing in a way. I remember when I was in high school... I read the, uh, I think I had to for my English class. I had to read the book Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. And I don't think that Daniel Quinn was writing that book as some kind of primitivist uh, manifesto, right? But it definitely turned uh, 15-year-old me into a primitivist for like a year. And I was super depressed because every t everywhere I looked... You know, I saw technology and I was like, well, you know, industrialization and its consequences. But, <laughs> but you know, I got over it. And I don't think that that was Daniel Quinn's intention, but that, that was the effect it had. And at the time, I, I had no understanding of, of this ideology either. But it's baked into us to be monkey. And I thought, why not on this holiest of funky monkey Fridays not talk about the return to monkey ideology itself. So how does that how does that work exactly? I mean, the, believe it or not, there is actual theory behind it. There is actually substantive political and economic research and essays and discussions and works that have been done about this very um, ideology. So in a sense, it's not really a meme ideology at all. It's, it's very, very much a real thing. Um, you know, I think of, I think of people like uh, John Zerzan, you know, who's been writing essentially primitivist things since, um, I don't know, since like the eighties. So it's around. Um, when we think about it, it's very meme to think about, oh, we'll, we'll return to monkey and we'll bash each other with sticks. <laughs> you know, 
the CIA, they might finally find my uh, my cave where I actually I do this podcast out of. But little do they know that I have a very heavy stick and they're in for quite a surprise. No, it's 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 a it's a legitimate uh, theory and it has. uh, Well, you know, take legitimate for what you will. I personally don't want to die at the age of 38 of like uh, dysentery or something. But, you know, to some people, this is a very um, legitimate and, and I'll say legitimate in certain respects ideology. It's well thought out. Right. It's well thought out. And I want to talk about exactly how how would that work? Because when you're looking at primitivism or anarcho-primitivism as a a concept for moving forward, it's 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 back facing, right? It's looking to the past. You're not going into an instance where um, into like kind of a before time instance where we're just monkey, right? Where we're just primitive and hunter gatherers. No, you're it's backward facing. This would be a post industrial organization, a post industrial society, a post civilization system. And it would be backward facing. You would be able to see the, the past, the past of industrial capitalism. And you would know it, but you would be knowingly moving towards a sort of um, smaller, decentralized, organized, um, you know. I think, I think in most of the... the the essays and things they they describe uh, you know small bands as the ideal human social structure. Um, so in your bands, I guess. But it it brings a, a, a an interesting thing. You know, I heard a interview with John Zerzan, um, basically one of the very few academics who writes about this ideology, who's very vested in it. And he was talking about the COVID pandemic. And, you know, of course, he says, oh, you know, this is inevitable, right? Uh, Civilized industrial uh, society will inevitably cause these problems because it's essentially a virus on the Earth's face. And he went on and he used a term that I I, I thought that (laughs) I thought this term was like awesome because we've heard the term late capitalism before. But he he uses the term in that interview, he uses the term late civilization, which is very interesting. And it brings it um, back to certain things, because a lot of people will try to say that um, anarchism or whatever is not uh, inherently a um, sort of a leftist ideology. And those people are just flat out wrong. That's why things like anarcho-capitalists are not real. Uh, you can't have capitalism without hierarchy. Therefore, anarcho-capitalism is a, a um, an oxymoron. It's not a real thing. You can't have that because you need a state to enforce property rights, um, which would be necessary for a capitalist economy to exist, right? 
So we already know, and anarchism itself is a uh, branch out of communist thought from Marx and Engels. Uh, anarchist or anarchism is basically an agreement with Marx Marxism, but a deviation in terms of the process to get there, right? So Marxism is uh, advocating for a uh, essentially a, a totalitarian transitionary state uh, into a stateless communist society, whereas anarchists like um, like Luxembourg or uh, I can't remember his name. The Conquest of Bread, the anarchist Santa. What is his name? I don't know. But they I it's what is it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I know it. I'm just blanking on it for some reason. But Anarchist Santa, you know, these people, they, they agree with Marxism, but they disagree uh, with the totalitarian transitionary state because they assert that, well, a state exists only to perpetuate its own growth. So therefore, uh, if you create a state to transition itself into non-existence, that's never going to happen because a state only exists to uh, perpetuate itself. So the anarchists are basically just communists, but they disagree with the state aspect, the transitionary state aspect. They believe in, uh, you know, dissolution of unjustified hierarchies. So I know that was quite a diatribe, but but some people don't get that. So it's it's nice to explain it every once in a while. So then anarcho-primitivists are therefore a also a sort of leftist ideology then, right? And that's very substantive or substantive, whatever the word is, you know. Uh, when I hear John Zirzan, daddy of anarcho-primitivism, say parallel the concept of late capitalism to late civilization, right? They're extending these sort of fears about the disastrous end result of capitalist economy. Uh, they're paralleling that to the disastrous end result of civilization, like the idea of civilization or the idea of industrialization. If you go with um, more of an Uncle Ted route, he was more focused on uh, industrialization than civilization. But I, I just thought it was an interesting parallel. And it kind of helps to, uh, I don't know, compare the two. But basically, they, um, they are rejecting the state in favor of, you know, smaller scale political structures, right? And they're rejecting civilization in favor of I don't know what you want to call it, primal wildness. The idea that uh, industrial society is destroying the world and is a virus. Uh, it's polluting the oceans, polluting the air, killing off uh, innumerable species. Basically, a, um, a virus that's going to kill the earth. And this is quite a compelling argument, but I, I and it's 
it's not as fun when I think of anarcho-primitivism in the meme sense, right? I just want to monkey out with my boys. I want to monkey out. I want to be climbing trees. I want to throw my shit at people. I want to hit CIA goons with a big fucking stick, a big rock. And go to my cave, you know, just check the fire, see what's going on on the fire tube. See what kind of shapes are going on in the fire tonight. That's cool, dude. But it's also not really realistic, and I'll get into it. So I want to talk about this in the economic sense, right? So there's many different uh, definitions of what an economy is. And I am of the opinion, some people might disagree, but I am of the opinion that you cannot have, there is no such thing as human existence, human cooperation without economy, without politics. That's just not going to happen. It's not possible because everything is politics. Everything is economics. You know, you can't you can't wake up and go throughout your day without engaging in economics or politics. It's just not going to happen. The apartment you wake up in is owned by a landlord. That is econ- economics, that is politics. But you have to you have to look at it in this sense. So let's say we return to monkey, right? And so I would love to do so sometimes. I would love to swing through the trees like Tarzan. Find a nice hill. Find some, I want to get some like good like monkey tips. Like I want to read in like the next like charcoal and leaf publication of like top 10 ape tips. Like, try finding a nice grassy hill and pooping on the, you know, on the top, on the side, and then rolling down the other side so it doesn't touch you. Top 10 tips. That's fucking dope, dude. But I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's viable. You know, but then again, you may be, okay, let me, let me start with this. First of all, an economy in a loose sense is basically just the careful management of the resources that exist, right? You're always going to have that. You have economics in animal species. Not even it's not specific to human um, to humanity. It's not specific. It's it's in everything. So, how does that work in a in anarchist sense, and then not only an anarchist sense, but also a backward-facing primitivist sense. You know, I think the easy answer for people is to say, well, the barter system. And I'll be like, gotcha. Gotcha, dumbass. That's just a form of exchange. That's not economy. Boom, F. You failed my class. You failed Garfonomics. The idea of exchanging something for something else is not economy. You're going to have to take Garfonomics again next semester because you flunked out, idiot. 
No, that's the easy answer and it's also the wrong answer. Bartering is just a, a, a system for exchange. It's not economy. I mean, you can call it barter economy in the sense that you're just talking about an economy which is based off of bartering, which is technically an accurate thing to say, but it also leads people on a, a, a false impression that uh, the definition of the economy is bartering, and that's not true. That doesn't really make sense. That's not exactly managing available resources. I mean, I guess, it, well, I'm, I'm like thinking of all the contrarians who are going to come back and be like, well, actually it is, because if you think about managing available resources, yeah, shut up. It's not. Okay, that's a system of exchange. If we're talking about an actual economy, we're talking about a hunter-gatherer sort of economic basis, a sort of hunter-gatherer resource extraction basis. And then you're talking about a system of exchange, which would probably be barter if we're going to go real classic with it. Or who knows, like it is backward facing. So the knowledge of capitalism, the knowledge of not even just capitalism, but the knowledge of um, currency, I mean, that's going to exist. Again, currency is not capitalism. So again, if you if you were thinking that F failed, wrongo. But no, if we're it's going to be back facing, right? So I don't know. Maybe we might end up with an economy that um, I don't know. Maybe you might end up in a, a system where <laughs> there is a, a you know banana backed currency. Right. <laughs> you can exchange these seashells, which are backed uh, in full faith. By uh, hard bananas. That would be interesting. But then how would that work? Right. So you can't have you obviously you cannot have a, you know, a primitivist capitalist society. That's not going to work. Not in an anarchic sense. I already went over why anarchy is uh, inca in incompatible with capitalism. Because you need a strong state to both uh, verify fiat, or ver not even fiat, but verify the... Um, the unified universal currency accepted and to enforce property rights which are necessary for capitalism you need a state to do that you can't do it without one so but in an anarchic sense or an anarcho sense we're looking at I don't know. I'm trying to envision a possibility in which it exists in which we are not utterly just reduced to monkeys like the meme, right? Because the meme is returned to monkey. But the actual ideology 
must have some kind of backing to it, right? Must have some legitimacy. So how can we make it work? In honor of Funky Monkey Friday, how can we make this work? And I was thinking about this. And I ended up thinking (laughs) about how... um, I ended up thinking about, like, syndicalism, right? The idea that... um, what is produced, what is made, what is uh, extracted in terms of resource is collectively owned by those who got it, right? So, and that makes sense in a hunter-gatherer framework, right? The people who have hunted and gathered all collectively own that which they have hunted and gathered, right? So you are actually kind of looking at a syndicalist possibly a syndicalist society. And don't argue with me about what the definition of society is. Don't start going on about, oh, well, you can't have society without civilization. Shut up. You know what I mean. Anyways, it's a nice thought experiment. And we can go on and on, but I am noticing that the timer is running out. So my time with you on the subject of Return to Monkey is unfortunately coming to an end. Um, I'm also extremely distracted by this amusing image I have pulled up of a monkey throwing a grenade at the viewer. I think it's really funny. It's a chimp. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, I'm still, I'm distracted. I'm like... I don't know. I'm just like transfixed on this image. Anyways, so um, thinking about any podcast updates before I left. Oh, um, I want to say thank you to uh, Crybaby Mabry on Twitter for doing uh, this awesome uh, art. Uh, It's just like me (laughs) in a uh, jacket and I'm wearing like Garfield like skinned. Like a, like a hat, like a, uh, a Davy Crockett hat. <laughs> and uh, there's also like this crazy like communist background too, um, which I thought was very funny as well. Uh, no, that was awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, I, I, love, I love those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I don't really have too much more to talk about. I just wanted to share the love and the spirit and the excitement of Funky Monkey Friday. And I know this will be like a dead meme in like a week or something. But I love it. Man, I love monkeys. Okay, see ya.